And it's a very, 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 very good evening this Monday evening. Thank you for joining me. I'm Wayne Turner. The program is Talk at Six with Wayne Turner. And we're going to be taking you through till quarter to seven this evening. The way the show works is that we have resident guest experts. We have guests who come in on a regular basis. And we try and give you information, educate you on a, on a number of subjects from education to medical to finances and also updating around community, what's happening in the community and different events. So uh, this week, last week was supposed to be our medical slot, but we filled it with something else. And because there's a fifth Monday in January, we've decided to air our medical show this Monday. And without further ado, it's a very warm welcome and actually warm welcome to Dr. Neville Wellington after a bit of a hiatus. Welcome, Neville. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you so much for having me again. It has been a while and uh, I think so much has happened. And But uh, yeah, thank you and uh, nice to, to be able to chat to all the, the listeners and to catch up with the diabetes side. Oh, absolutely. Um, before we go on, how's your Christmas festive season been? What's happening in the Wellington world? <laughs> Well, actually, as I was explaining to uh, your dear wife as well, that uh, we uh, had a bit of a uh, up and down holiday. We, we got COVID again. Oh, my word. <laughs> but fortunately, fairly mild and no uh, serious. Uh, I suppose that's a risk of the occupation. Well, partly. And then, but, you know, you also let your guard down a bit when you go on holiday with family. And, you know, it happened to be just one. One family member had somehow picked it up and then it kind of spread right through the, the family and uh, very transmissible, this virus. Yeah. Fortunately, very mild. And I think, you know, that's because everyone was vaccinated. Uh, my, my parents and my parents-in-law got it, and uh, but they had all been vaccinated and actually it was pretty mild for them. My uh, daughter came out of isolation on Christmas Day. Yeah. But my her twin sister wouldn't allow her in the kitchen. <laughs> she says, do not touch anything. Keep your mask on. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, well, I, you know, I, I track these things quite a bit mm. and I do my own, track, my, track the stats myself. Mm-hmm. And from the beginning of November, looking at uh, stats into December, I noticed that deaths were down 70% and infections were up 700%. So wow. it's very infectious, but far more, uh, it's far milder. And, they, and they, mm. they equate it to the fourth wave of the Spanish flu and saying, yes. You know, it's on its way out. I'm, I'm hoping that it is. We pray that. Oh, really absolutely. Pray that. I'm, yeah. I'm sick and tired of, of, of COVID and wearing masks. <laughs> yeah, so all of yeah. us are, are kind of at that point. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been an tiring two years, oh, well, almost two years. Tell me uh, about it. And uh, as, as doctors, I think we've been, you know, backwards and forwards, in, you know, and then we screen and then we think okay we over this we can actually relax and then next wave comes along and we have to you know hold back on our doors and patients get get uh, um irritated because they're having to screen again and you know oh, so weird. so it's 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 up and down and, and it's fresh it, is, it has been a difficult time but you know to carry all, out no, been, a normal yeah, practice yeah but through it all i think you know my colleagues have been amazing and uh our staff have been amazing, uh, you know. And but again, you know, during the holiday, a lot of my staff actually this time got got were picked up COVID. So you, you know, that's the other problem is you're running on low staff and you're trying to, you know, everybody's having to pick up the work. And yeah, one medical expert <clears throat> made a comment. I read I read an article, and uh, they said that they think up to eighty percent of the of the population has got this new Omicron. 
it's just that uh, because it's mild, so many people don't even realize they've they've got it. It's only the ones with more definite symptoms that are, are picked up. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I fully would understand that. And you know, I think it was around about the twenty third of December. The government put out a, a thing saying, "Don't worry to quarantine. Don't worry to isolate. You know, don't if you're mild, don't go for testing." And and and, and we thought, "Wow, that is really progressive." And that was. Great. Unfortunately, it got rescinded for whatever reason. And um, but I think, you know, I mean, it's it's the cost of testing. Mm. You know, even though they dropped it to five hundred rand, it's still five hundred rand out of your pocket. It's still what well, you go for antigen. And some tests, some of us can't afford to go for exactly. tests. Exactly. So, so I, I think that was the right thing to do. Um, I'm, I'm I was I'm not quite sure why they they uh, rescinded it, but. Mm. Um, and and I think so. A lot of people were thinking, well, actually, it is pretty money, and most people were getting through it and saying, well, I'm not going to go pay that that money. And so I think the st- stats were skewed, but I think the the hospitalizations, the mortality was pretty. You know, that's a hard yeah, that, that's, that's, a, that, that's a hard endpoint, and you you know that that was lowered, so it definitely made a difference. Um, and then the UK, I mean, these guys closed us down. I heard a, a report that said Boris Johnson uh, closed. All destinations that British tourists went to keep the people in the country to bolster the economy, which is a pretty logical thing to, to do. I mean, keep them keep them at home so uh, they spend the money there, not overseas. But for the rest of us, it was a major, a major hit. Yeah, it was a major hit, and also for other people not being able to f- travel there and oh, families. Man, oh man, and, yeah. I, th- I think they, they they've overreacted in Europe. Yeah, we carry on almost as normal. We're trying to, we're yeah. trying to, and, and yeah, you know, but fortunately this time, you know, I don't know of, well, maybe one patient that was, that I think passed away this time, where, you know, in every other way we, I've sort of known of it, quite a number. And you would have a higher than normal because you have a diabetes clinic and diabetes patients yeah. who are yeah. uh, high risk for comorbidity. And that's absolutely true. So the one that I do know of, you know, had, had, lots of comorbidities, was in hospital because of her comorbidities and then picked up COVID. <laughs> right, right. So even that is not a true stat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Right. Tell us a little bit about uh, the research we spoke on a previous program. What's happened with that? Yeah, so, yeah, that was very interesting. I think we, we firstly, thank you, Wayne, for, for um, bringing that up. And also just thank you. Oh, yeah, to, we made an appeal on, yeah, on radio yeah, for we, people. We did. And in fact, we had a few people. In fact, I think the next day we had about four or five people that had listened to the program, came in, got allocated to uh, either myself or the other study doctor and went through the, the study. And we, we, I think we eventually finished the study uh, in about September last year, October last year. We, we managed to do over 90 patients, which is, for a diabetes study, is a very big study. Right. Um, especially a, a kind of nutritional type study. And uh, results will be out soon? Yeah, we're hoping. Unfortunately, we haven't got final results yet, and we don't, I don't have the, the, um, the authority to give any of those results, but we did see a number of patients do well. So I can talk about the patients that I saw mm. and 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 um a number did well you know others struggled a bit you know things could get in the way covid was a little bit of an issue mm. interestingly enough we know that there were a couple of patients who picked up covid in i think the third wave or the second wave and did well we're fine mm. um in fact there was a second wave and you just know, explain what the study was about so what we did and and this was was to to take patients and we put them into three groups 30 patients each, and we gave each of them, every group, the same kind of um, 
information about nutrition. Mm. So we, t- we told them about carbohydrates, we told them how to reduce carbohydrates, we told them how to monitor. But what we did differently this time is we gave the three different groups different uh, continuous glucose monitoring. So uh, we gave one group monitoring that where they could see what they were, what they were, um, what the food was doing to their, their sugar levels. We gave another group where they had still had the monitor on, but they couldn't see the results. And another group yeah. we gave coaching as well. So we looked at groups slightly differently, but we gave them all the information about the the nutrition. And um, so it was a positive exercise besides the research. Yes, yes. So so for many patients, they could see very clearly what was happening. And the idea was to try and see how, how many patients we could get to reversal. Now, we defined reversal as being an HbA1c under 6.5%. Now, um, we sp- we've discussed HbA1c quite a lot on the previous programs, but maybe just to say HbA1c is really a, a measure of glucose damage to red blood cells. So it's an <coughs> overall picture over three months. Yes, yeah. So you, red blood cells renew themselves every three months. And, you know, if, if, if your glucose levels have been well controlled over the last few months, they're not going to cause as much damage. And you can measure that. Mm. In a sense, it gives you an idea of how much damaging you're doing to the rest of your body. If your HbA1c is like at 9 or 10%, you're doing a lot of damage. And you have a, you're on a high risk of, of worsening things like, di- like heart attacks, kidney failure, strokes, eye disease. Amputations. Amputations, <laughs> yeah. So peripheral vascular. So all of that is caused by damage by glucose. So HbA1c is one of the measures. We were trying to bring that right down. And we were successful in quite a number of patients. So in a sense, we talked about reversal. There's different terms you use, reversal, remission. Uh, nobody really talks about cure because actually if you, you, can, you can bring down and get diabetes levels or glucose levels to normal, but you, know, you can't ever go back to eating what you ate before and think that you can that you can carry on. I understand what you're saying, but it's yes. almost as ridiculous as saying, well, uh, I've stopped smoking yeah. and I'm no longer damaging my lungs and uh, I'm now in remission because if I go back to smoking, I'm going to get damaged again. Mm. I mean, really, it's a, it's a lifestyle disease and you're, you are eating foods you should not eat because they impact you differently to some somebody else. Yes. So, you know... I would consider it reversal rather than the, than remission because it's a it's a lifestyle d- disease. I mean, if you equate yeah. it, like I said, to, mm, to smoking, mm, mm. and uh, people just can't or alcohol. Yeah, I mean, yeah. same thing. People yeah. can't eat the foods yeah. that uh, their body reacts to negatively. Yeah. You stop eating those foods, you're not going to continue diabetes. Yeah, you, you, you're going to uh, carry on a normal life again. So, I love the idea of reversing diabetes. Now, that's my personal viewpoint with a bit of input from Dr. <laughs> Wellington there. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's good news. Yeah, you, and I think what we, what we are showing and what we're adding to, because there is quite a lot of um, research that's been coming out over the last five, six years. Um, there was a big study in America called the Verta Health Study and a number of others where they've really showed that they actually can get glucose levels down to almost normal, or if not normal, mm. and a number of patients. And, and I've got personal examples now over the last few years of patients who've literally come down to normal and maintained themselves there without medication. Mm. So some, some of them have needed a, a, a small amount of medication. Some have come off medication completely and they have controlled their glucose levels through what they eat by just controlling what they eat. And then by monitoring their sugars so that they can see that they're not going, that they're actually maintaining, they've been able to keep it going for years. Mm. And and it's it's been such a gratifying. So we uh, don't know the outcome of the research, but we know that everything that went into the research and all the uh, 
training and getting people to 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 learn what to do that was successful yes and we do know that a lot of people did improve so i, I can tell you that but i, yes. I can't give you the exact stats because right absolutely figures, yeah. that's got to be yeah. uh so, tallied up and yeah. sorted out we hope to get that data over the next few months and probably get it published but yeah it's very exciting the thing that it's adding to is to say that we no longer need to say diabetes is progressive and well, that's the minimum, eh? Yes. We want to say diabetes is reversible and you can put it into remission. You don't have to um, just say, well, you, you know, your doctor doesn't need to say to you, look, it doesn't matter what you, what you do, you, this thing's going to get worse. And we're just going to try and hold it with a few drugs. Actually, what we're able to say now, actually, if you put the effort into, into changing your lifestyle, you can reverse your diabetes and you don't have to suffer the consequences of it. Absolutely. Well, we saw Tim do that. We saw Nico Kleinhans do yes. that. You know, if, when, when people have excluded every single carbohydrate out of their diet w- with w- being type 2 diabetic, mm. we've seen remarkable response to that. Now, not everyone can do that. No, no, not everyone's a Tim Noakes or a guy. Like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's one of those things. You, it's difficult in this day and age to do every single positive thing towards diabetes yeah so here's one little thing i'm going to say to say to you about the, the study is that we did look at all the psychological profiling mm. and and we looked at what made the difference between somebody actually being successful in doing this and what didn't yeah. and there was and there's a beautiful word that came out of it and it's called grit <laughs> yeah and those people who had grit or, uh, you know, like, I suppose, but more than self-control or yeah. had the tenacity would be another yeah. word I would, I would use to really stick it out because it, can, it is difficult. You know, we live in a, and, and we've spoken about this many times, we live in a very high-carb society. Yeah. There's a lot of food that, that contains carbohydrates. There's, and, and it's difficult as a society because 80% of the food we consume, 80% of the sales of food contain carbohydrates and they are very addictive. Yeah, we to, could, to, to go against that, you, you have to take a bit of hard work. Yeah. We can apply the identical thing to the person who's successful on a weight loss diet has grit as well. Mm. It's not, it's, it's that ability to push through. Mm. I suppose it would be the sports, sports people as well. People yes. with grit get through to peak performance and, you know, perfect uh, to be where they are in their sport mm. to mm. that that level they they've got to have that grit so yeah yeah so you know so anyone who's listening to this and feels it is it, it you know is it hard yes it is hard work but you know having diabetes is hard <laughs> you, you kind of have to decide which hard you want <laughs> <laughs> the, the hard part with no uh feet and uh kidney problems and eye yeah. problems that's the hard part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so you, the, I think that's that one of the things we, we've learned. We, we cannot say is okay. You have a choice. You, mm. you can, and I, I, I get that it's hard, but it needs and it needs help. So we that's why we put in a coaching arm. And we wanted to see does that make a difference. It does. We think mm. um, we're waiting for those those, those um, results. But I mean, just having support, mm. you know. So. Uh, once you have the results of the research, how are you going to apply that and, and use it and create a, a positive outcome? Are you going to see things to help people be more disciplined? Are you going to help them choose the right food? Or what's the, what's mm. the outcome going to be once you've got all the research uh, collated and make a, come to a conclusion? Well, I mean, the outcome firstly is going to be another addition. So the, the, the way research works in that is that you add to 
previous other research. So the, the, the multitude of research kind of adds and, and gets people to rethink it. So we're hoping, for instance, that um, some of the ac- academics and the, <laughs> you know, those who make the, 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 the decisions around guidelines would actually start looking at some of this research and saying, hang on a minute, we actually are seeing that this is happening. I mean, the ADA, for instance, American Diabetes Association, has taken cognizance of some of the studies from Verta Health and has said, actually, you know, restricting carbohydrates makes a difference. It mm. is one of the things we should be advocate. We should be offering to patients. Right, right. And instead of saying, oh, you can't do it. You know, now, so that changes the mindset. That's the first thing, is that we actually get a, a kind of, uh, medical authority mindset change to say, hang on. And it, it's, it's, it's a bit like slow dripping. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a slow process, but it, that's what we have to do. We have to, to be able to get people to start to think differently. We have to start producing these studies that, that do that. The second thing is then that we need to start offering it to patients. Mm. And and as doctors start to understand that and see, hang on, it's, it's able to be done and it's been proven they're going to start hopefully offering it to their patients saying, it's fine. We see the results. It didn't seem to cause too much, too many problems. Patients could actually do it. You know, there was a number of people, whether it was 50% or 60% or 20% even, you mm. know, they could do it. And so it, it needs to be something that, that can be offered. And in fact, obviously we're saying as, 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 a, as a kind of low carb, and I mean, as you know, we, we're part of a community right throughout the world now, that it should be offered as the first line um, of defense or attack. Yeah, and a first line therapy. Yeah. In fact, we call it now, and people are talking about therapeutic carbohydrate restriction. It's a form of therapy to mm. restrict carbohydrates. So you're giving uh, medical professionals more in the library to draw on when uh, treating patients. Yes. Right. Okay, so let's uh, change gears and uh, segue into the, the topic for tonight. Mm. And that is, it was Christmas, <laughs> yeah. festive, cheer, feasting, and uh, people have now come back down to earth. Many diabetics would have said, well, for this period, I'm going to relax. Some would have relaxed slightly. Some would have gone the whole hog. Mm. But now everyone's realizing uh, we've put on a few extra kilos. School started. Most of us are back at work. This is a major thing for mm. any diabe- diabetic is to now refocus and get the grit again to continue with managing and, if you're good, reversing diabetes. So what is the first thing in the new year? We're not talking about New Year's resolutions. Mm. We're talking mm. about going back, making lifestyle changes and really returning to what you were before Christmas in your decision-making, how you're going to approach uh, dealing with your uh, disease. Yeah, so I think the first thing is don't don't ignore it. <laughs> don't think, okay, I've, I've I've messed up so badly. I'm I'm never going to go back there. You know, I mean, I'm, I just may as well carry on. That that's the first thing you've got to decide. Hang on a minute, it's happened. I but I need to actually do something. So the next thing is actually make an appointment. Go and see your doctor, <laughs> and and decide and, and be honest. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, with the fact that you've gone off, but you want to come back and you want to you you want to make a difference and and. I've, I, the, the crazy thing is I've, I've been really busy because of a lot of patients coming back, even after two years now because of COVID and everything. And they've been off on, because COVID's been around and they've been worried and scared. Now they come back and they actually do want to get back on track. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that's, that's fantastic. And, you know, it, it's, it's happened. It's, it's not, it's, 
you know, hopefully there's not, not been a big disaster. You survived this. <laughs> mm. And uh, we can get you back on track. So firstly, make the appointment. See where you're at. Uh, get, get your, you know, get assessed. Yeah. You know, redo your blood pressure, your weight. Make sure that you're back on track in terms of monitoring. Uh, you know, see where, what's your HP and see how bad is it. And let's get you back on track. Because the harsh reality is, I want to emphasize that, that if you do nothing, as you said, don't do nothing, you're heading towards amputations, blindness, kidney failure, heart disease, mm. and a host of different things that will eventually happen if you do nothing mm. about it. So mm. it's not, you have to do something about it. You cannot put your, like the fake uh, ostrich thing, mm. uh, put your head in the sand. They don't do that. But, and just mm. f- forget about it because this is serious. We know this is not just a lifestyle mm. disease, inverted mm. commas. It will end up in a critical situation and you've got now to do it. So that's what we're heading towards if we, if we don't do mm. it. Mm. Exactly. And I think you owe it to yourself to, to really take, um, take yourself in hand and, 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 and get back into it. Um, because you, you know, as a, as a community Christian radio program as well, we can talk about the fact that actually, you, you know, you, you, you have a community that you're part of and you don't want to be, be a, a more of a drain on them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, having a stroke, you know, puts a drain on society. Absolutely. And, and those around you, because suddenly somebody has to get you into an out of a wheelchair, take you to the bathroom, you know, all the things that go with that. And that, that's the reality. We, we you don't want to get there. So you, you you actually not only considering yourself, you're considering those around you. Because every disease has a circle of impact. Mm. So I mean, if it's flu, you've got someone that needs to take care of you. It might only be one person spending a few mm. hours a day, but as you get more and more into the disease, my dad, who eventually died of prostate cancer, uh, he managed it fine himself. But eventually, he was a attended to hand on foot for the last yeah. uh, couple of months yeah. because of the disease. Now that impacts people. And so yeah. uh, w- when you talk about diabetes, you mentioned stroke, blindness. Mm-hmm. If you lose a foot, you immediately are a, are a disabled person. So yeah. you will add to the uh, weight of care mm. that your those around you, besides the pastor who now has to yeah. spend more time with the, the, his sick uh, members, so yeah. there is a there is quite a huge spiritual impact as as well. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I don't want to come across as being blaming. This this, this feels that feels like very harsh, mm. and and it's 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 not meant to be. But at the same time, you know, if you can make a choice to improve things, you know, take it. <laughs> mm. You know, I, I and it's um, not easy. It's not easier no, than alcohol no. or and, smoking. And, and there are people or, who want to help you in that anyway. Yeah. So. You don't want to be adding as a as a burden, and I, you know I, I say that as kindly as I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, the harsh pick, harsh fact is that you will be a burden if you do pick up the chronic conditions. Yeah. I mean, that's just yeah. that's just life. Unless you're a, a hermit and don't care and don't want anyone to help you, yeah. you will need uh, dependence. Mm. Yeah. Right. So uh, next point. Okay, so you've gone to see the doctor. You found that you haven't been as well controlled, and. Uh, y- you now need to start making some choices. So the first choice is around what you eat. We've discussed that you want to reduce your carbohydrate intake. You want to cut out your cereals, your breads, your sh- sugar drinks, uh, fruit juices, you know, all those sort of cool drinks that people kind of 
uh, that spike your sugars a lot. Um, I mean, a number of patients that come back, say, oh, I've gained weight and I've gained, um, you know, I know my sugars have been out of control. I said, well, what is it that's, and, and usually it's bread. And, mm. and I know we've had pushback before, you know, you, you, you can't just take bread out of people's uh, diet. Well, actually, if bread is causing the problem, you need to rethink it. You, I mean, I, I, you said you've got the choice. Yeah. Bread with diabetes or no diabetes or controlled diabetes without bread. I mean, it's really the choice. Yeah. I mean, if you want to head in the direction of chronic, yeah. keep eating the bread. I know it's harsh. I know bread tastes nice. I know really, and we've, we've become a society also of fancy breads. Mm. So it's not mm. just the, mm. the, the, uh, the square loaf that you buy at the local mm. cafe. Mm. It's now ciabatta and all these fancy Sado names. And yeah, rye, and they rye, all taste yeah. really nice with butter on. And it's very easy to pick up a slice or when you go out for coffee, you know, something like it. So it is difficult, but we're not, we're not saying that it, it isn't difficult. Yeah. What we're saying is that the chronic condition is more difficult. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so, so you've got to start looking at those choices. The second thing you need to really do is, is, is monitor it, test it. You know, test. My old favorite. Yeah, yeah, your old favorite. Don't listen to Dr. Wellington or the dietitian. <laughs> listen to your glucometer. Yeah, exactly. So test your sugars before you eat. And check your sugar an hour after the start of the meal. That, that, that Studies have looked at this. We've done studies on non-diabetic populations where we've put continuous glucose monitors. They are now available a lot more. So there are a lot of studies coming out looking at what happens if a normal person is, is taking, puts a CGM on and monitors their sugars. And it shows. If you eat, it's usually an hour afterwards that your sugar spikes. You don't want to see those big spikes. Mm. You don't want to see a spike going from 6 to 12. You know, because then you've definitely eaten something way too much. Um, you know, you want to see a spike that goes from six to seven point seven at the most, and yeah. you don't you know, even maybe you don't even want to see a spike. Right. So you want to check those glucose levels so that you can see this food doesn't spike my sugars. That food does. I need to avoid that food. And if by some miracle bread doesn't spike, then it's okay. It's not. Yeah. It's not what the dietitian or the doctor tells you to eat and gives you a, a, a daily diet sheet mm. or a menu. It's the individual foods that or the foods you eat for yeah. breakfast that spike an hour after. That's what you've got to be aware of because that the the, glu- the glucometer is telling you, hey, you're heading for danger. Yeah, exactly. So that's the next thing. So you, you, you're now starting to look at your diet. I mean, f- when I first see a patient, the very, the very first time I, I see a patient, and I've seen a lot, quite a lot of new patients recently or sometimes newly diagnosed, sometimes new to me, uh, but they've had diabetes for a while. First thing I do, I say, two weeks, take some sheets, go and check your sugars before and after every meal. So you check it six times a day if you're eating three times a day or twice a day, I mean, four times a day if you're eating twice a day. And go and see what happens. Let's let's bring bring it back two weeks time, and I'll go through it with you. Because that's and that's exactly what we do. That's all a doctor can make a decision on. Yeah, or or a, or a give give a uh, diagnosis and a, and a treatment is mm. based on what it's doing. Because mm. uh, is I mean, are people that different that they will react differently to different foods? But, I know generally carbohydrates. Yeah, yeah. So even non-diabetics will react. To, and I mean, I've to to carbohydrates. So I've done some CGMs. I did one not so long ago, and um, and I could see, you know, if I had, I didn't eat too many carbs, but I wanted to test some things. I really wanted to see, okay, what what happens if I had a slice of bread? What happens if I had some pizza? Yeah. And 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 I could see, even for myself, I was I was spiking, not to the same degree necessarily that a diabetic patient does. Right. And that's the difference. Because remember, a diabetic your li- your uh, my pancreas liver can, and your liver, everything's is working. Yeah, and my properly. liver has got capacity 
mm. because I'm not overdoing it usually. Has got capacity, it's not damaged. Um, You're not overloading it. I haven't. Yeah, I have, I, I, you know, I've been fortunate. You know, and and I say that, you know, God's blessed me, you know, with 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 good health for a long period of time, and then I, I mean, I did make some changes, you know, almost ten years ago, over ten years ago, lost quite a lot of weight, um, more exercise ate better and I've felt the benefits from that. That's when you started uh, <laughs> writing into CCFM. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, right. the, the first doctor who supported uh, Tim on the Rise and Shine show. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I want to emphasize the whole thing about glucometers. Mm. Uh, it's a tongue-in-cheek comment but it really has a lot of truth to it. It's not what what you're given it's not the diet you're given by a professional mm. it's how you react to the foods on that diet mm. and what you personally need to include or exclude because you don't want those spikes because those mm. spikes are the things that create cause the damage and yep. extended periods of it there's one thing uh, if you do make a lifestyle change the body you always say the body is amazingly resilient God's made us mm. in such a way that that there's a lot of healing that can take place absolutely yep. so it's yep. not like you get to a point you've got now you've lost 40% of the vision in your eye I'm not talking about diabetes mm. just with a, any other mm. disease you're not going to get 40% uh, that 40% back again but when it comes to diabetes you will make gains if you make lifestyle changes because the body will heal itself yep. so I mean what we do see is obviously the earlier you can get you can start making the changes after your diagnosis. The better, the better, because there's there's just not as much long term damage. It's like scarring, you know. Mm. It's like the more you scratch yourself on a sp- same spot, the longer you're going to continue to damage, and the longer you, and the more scarring you get. Whereas mm. you stop early, it, it it'll heal up quite quickly, and almost nothing will be left of it. And 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 there are studies to show that you know removing carbohydrates from the diet allows specifically the liver because the liver is the thing that the, the organ that's really damaged by glucose. I know everybody thinks the pancreas is the problem, but it, and it is the long term problem. Mm. But it's it's really the liver that stops responding to insulin. It's damaged. It's a fatty liver. Um, it's you know that's a well known uh, problem. And you and what happens is when you reduce the carbs. Um, the, the liver uh, starts to release the fat because mm. you actually start teaching your body to use fat for energy and that and that's 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 the the conundrum we've had because we've always said to people fat causes the problem you know you we've seen a fatty liver it must be from the fat well it's not actually it's the conversion of sugars into, into fat, fat that damage the liver and it's not actually good fats either it's it's the kind of Diacylglycerol, that, that's a name that you, or DAG people call it, or ceramides, or that that get that that are poisonous almost to the liver, and mm. they then almost tell the cells to stop responding to insulin. And the problem is, the liver makes glucose, and it and it the insulin is supposed to shut down the liver to stop it from making too much glucose, and that process starts to become the, the liver becomes more and more insulin resistant, stops responding to the, mm. the, the the insulin. So that's where the insulin resistance really resides is at the liver thing. So when you cut down on the sugars, you stop con- converting into fat, you start to release fat, you start to allow healing, and things actually start to to normalize. Am I correct in saying that the liver is the one organ that has a regenerating healing process i know when there's a transport they can take mm. a lobe off and it'll gr- it'll grow so the, if you treat your liver properly it will regenerate to a large degree yeah i would say definitely and, and you can measure it you can measure 
ultrasound and you can mm. measure blood tests. There's blood tests that look at damage to the liver called gamma GT, uh, ALT, alkaline uh, uh, alanine transferase and AST. Um, and those levels, often we see sort of, they, they, they're, they're, out of, they, they're sort of out, out of the range. Mm. And then you can check it. I mean, there've been studies looked at it like three months later and they're almost back into normal. Um, mm. There's studies looking at um, scanning of the liver, like through magnet- magnetic resonance imaging, that MRI. Mm-hmm. And literally within a couple of weeks of going low carb, the liver's lost a whole lot of fat. And I think they said like 20% of the fat is gone after like two or three weeks. So um, someone gets newly diagnosed. Mm. Is it a good idea to go on a, on a really uh, solid radical, I suppose you could, uh, diet for a few weeks just to rest your 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 liver and then maybe if it is difficult, go to a more moderate or should they just gradually do it? What's the best way? Well, that's a, that's a fantastic question because a, a lot of people have looked at that. So, 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 so there are uh, people who advocate low-calorie diets and they do it for like two weeks. So there's a, a professor in, in England who's published a lot on this. His name is Professor Roy Taylor. And what he's done is he's taken, he's dropped down calories to 800 calories a day. Now, most people need about 1,800 to 2,000 calories a day. So he drops it right down. He gives them a, 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 um, a shake, actually. Um, I'm not going to name it, but it is available in South Africa. Um, and they cut down to eight to eight calorie, 800 calories a day for two weeks. And they've actually been able to show it, newly diagnosed, literally starts to produce insulin within two weeks. Glucose levels drop dramatically within days. But that's logical and, because and if, you a, have a, if you have yeah. an 800 calorie uh, diet, you are proportionally re- restricting carbs. You are. So, so fact, it's not really the calories that are doing it. <laughs> it's the carbs. You re- you're restricting and the because, carbs. Because I looked at it and so did Tim. In fact, Tim wrote quite a long article about it saying actually you bring the carbs down to like 50, 60 grams anyway, which is what we're trying to do with the low-carb diet. And then what happens is you, once you follow the two weeks and you've got things in remission, they then continue with a diet. Now, the problem that we've seen that, that there was a study called the, di- the direct study and then fo- followed on by the counterpoint study and they didn't want to publish what they'd done with the patient because you can't sustain it without a low carb diet mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's pretty sure that they actually got people to con- continue the low carb diet because i mean i've i've had this theory for a long time when people yeah. say well we go low calorie mm-hmm. and it it you know it reduces uh, diabetes mm-hmm. it, or reduces you know and it is the proportional the, the, restriction of, of the, the carbs. carbs that does it. Yeah. If you had a low-calorie diet without carbs in, uh, it would do the same. It thing. would do the yeah. exact it, same thing. You're dropping the glucose in, intake completely, and and that's the whole key to yeah. it. So, and then there's a a, a guy, um, Dr. Jason Fung in in Canada, who's advocated fasting, literally mm. fasting for two three weeks. N- nothing to eat, basically, except um, a, restricting a carbohydrates. <laughs> except a, a broth that he advocates, because actually, what happens is, and this is one thing that we've learned, is that when you drop carbs and calories, you also drop insulin. Mm. Now, insulin is very important because it's a hormone that also retains salt from the from the kidneys. Now, what happens is when when your 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 insulin levels drop, you in fact start losing salt, and a lot of people would, would complain about headaches, feeling fluey, and we've, in fact, the term has been called, it's been called keto flu. 
Mm. And one of the ways to overcome that is to make sure you have enough salt in your diet. So Jason Fung, for instance, will, will give patients a broth. Mm. Uh, you know, you can make up a chicken broth. You can make up a, uh, you know, I, I've used um, sort of half a stop cube in water morning and night just to mm. a- add extra salt. Also quite good when you, when you need to exercise. But cutting out the salt, you've got to be very careful about that. You've actually got to sometimes increase salt when you go on low-carb diet. So that's just a little tip that, mm. that patients need to remember. Right. Uh, so fasting is, is another way of doing it, but it's, again, low-carb. Low We've got two minutes left. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> final, final words on, on going into the new year. Don't give up. Honestly, you know, you may have, you may have gone, gone off kilter a bit. You'll be surprised at how much reserve your body has and actually may not be as bad as you think. But go and have it checked up. Go and you know, go back to your doctor. Make sure that, that you have things checked. If you've been off medication and you've needed it, make sure you go back onto your medication, get your medication, and, uh, and then start monitoring again. Don't, don't, don't leave that out. You know? And even if you are thinking, okay, I've eaten this sli- two slices of bread, just go and check what it does. Because let just, your glucometer speak to you. Your, exactly. You don't, you know, I, I say to patients, I'm not the headmaster when you come and see me. I'm here to support you. I'm on your side. Yeah. And it's uh, che- when you're having a problem, it's cheaper yeah. to buy extra strips than going and spending one consult with your doctor. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm not talking about your regular mm. uh, consult you have, yeah. but to pop in an extra consult, rather go buy some more uh, strips, strips and do it three times, six times a day, whatever it is, and get that message yeah. And, yeah. And, and learn. Uh, to to listen to your body through the glucometer. Mm. Uh, Neville, uh, you've been very helpful to, to patients giving advice and, and taking on new patients where you can. Uh, you're at Kenilworth Medical, Medi- that's where you practice Medicross, from, if, yeah. Medicross. Yeah. If someone wants to get a hold of you, someone's really having a, t- having a hard time and they need a bit of encouragement and pointed in a direction, how do they get hold of you? Yeah, so they can phone uh, my practice, 683-5867, that's 021. Um, let, I have them, a, let, let, let them know that you're, they're a CCFM listener, so you know yes. where the, the where the request is coming yeah, from. Yeah, totally, and, and they'll put them through to, my, I've got a uh, dedicated diabetic secretary, her name is Jenny, and uh, you're welcome to contact her, and she'll find somewhere to put you in. Right. <laughs> it is busy, but, uh, you know, we... we are still taking on new patients. See, that's why we don't have you on CCFM that often because every time <laughs> <laughs> it overloads you again because everyone gets hope again. Well, and I think, I think that's what it's all about. Uh, what we're trying to do is mm-hmm. give people hope and sometimes a very sad situation that they find themselves mm. selves in mm. so never again thank you so much for joining us it was a really quick show that we, yeah. 40 minutes it went very very quickly but we really appreciate your time and effort and everything you do for ccfm thank you so much pleasure, right Wayne. that's it for this show we'll be back again uh next week which will be our educational slot uh with cherry howell till then it's goodbye and god bless